0: Bismillah ar rahim ala al Karim. Amma Abad. Alhamdulillah today is the 10th of September in the year 2023 and Alhamdulillah we moved on to the fifth session that we're going through the commentary of the blessed Surah Al-Mu'minun and I've reached verse 19 so inshallah today going up to and including verse 22. But before going to verse 19, at the end of verse 18, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after mentioning that He lodges the water into the earth, He says, And we certainly are able to drain it all, I with ease? So here there's a, another passage of the Qur'an. At the end of Surah Mulk, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala simply says, "If your river be some morning lost, who then can supply you with clear flowing water?" Mm-hmm. In in So, in these two places, Allah Ta-Ala mentions that if the water underground is lost, who can li- replace it? So he's highlighting that without this in place there would be no cycle for you and life would cease to exist. So here there's a few things. So first it mentions, so if you look at Surah 67 verse 30, In asbaha Ma If your river be some morning So Abdullah ibn Abbas he said that ghoulan means entered into the ground. So if you look Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says if your water be some morning i.e., entered into the ground be lost. So he's talking about the water on the ground. This is recorded by Hafiz Shaukani in Fatul Qadir 67 on his tafsir of this verse. The second thing it mentions, and this is by Ibn Ashur in his Al-Tahreed wa Al-Tanweed. The words disappear into the earth. I.e at the end of Surah Mulk is translated Ghur, which refers to a well when it becomes depleted and the book it used to draw water comes back empty. So you get the connotation that there's no water now underneath the earth. And also ma'in, the word flowing translates ma'in is understood by some to mean clear or sweet water. This is recorded by Ibn Jadin in his Tafsir. Whilst others have said it refers to water that appears on the surface of the earth which is easily accessible to people. Recorded by Hafiz Ibn Ashur in Al-Tahweer wa al tanwir So now why does Allah, Allah mention this in two places in the Quran? that if the water underneath is lost, who could give it back to you? Such a threat would have resonated with the Adams of Makkah, who lived in a desert environment, where water was already scarce. In fact, the main source of fresh water they had at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, was the famous well of Zamzam, the origins which go back to the father of monotheism, Ibrahim Thus they were as circumstances would have it already aware that Allah the Almighty himself was providing them water through a divine miracle without which they and their forefathers who prided themselves would cease to exist. The threat within this verse was perhaps alluding to this historical fact. So note again, it's the context. Without context you don't understand why Allah, Allah is mentioning this. So here in Surah Mu'minun, Allah mentions that. And we certainly are able to drain it with ease. Now think about that. If all the water was lost underneath, we're dead. <laughs> so we are actually <laughs> completely dependent upon Almighty. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether we understand that or not. Verse 19. With it we grow for you. Gardens of dead palms and vines. In them have you abundant fruits. And of them you eat and have enjoyment. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions Nakhil wa Gardens of dead palms and vines. So there's another passage. In Surah 16 verse 67. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions there. Wa min al and from the fruit of the date palm and the vine, you get sakalan and pure rizq. So why does Allah mentions the dead palm and the vine? Because these are blessed. Our beloved messenger mentioned in Abu Dawood, number 2355, about dates, for indeed they are blessed. So the prophet said, dates are a blessed food source. And why does Allah, Allah mention uh, the wine? And then he says You get Sakaran and pure Rizq. Sakalan is taken in the sense of fermented wine. It would refer to the time before intoxicants were prohibited. For this is a Makkah surah, And the prohibition came in Medina. Those there was a subtle hint that the use of intoxicants were on the way to mm-hmm. be prohibited. So Allah ta'ala mentions that the date and the grapes, you get sakran, intoxicants, and pure dizzik. Mm-hmm. So he's hinting even in Makkah that the intoxicants are going to become forbidden. Mm-hmm. Because behold, in this, there is a sign for those who believe. So note again here in Surah muminun Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the same foodstuff. We grow for you gardens of dead palms and vines. In them you have abundant fruits and of them you eat. Verse 20. Also a tree springing out of Mount Sinai, which produces oil and relish for those who use it for food. So now here, Allah is obviously referring to the olive. So, Sheikh Zagroul Al-Najjar, in his work, The Scientific miraculous Miraculousness of the Quran and Sunnah, he mentions, page 410 of the English translation, this honorable verse refers to the distinctive status which olive trees, which grow in Tur, Mount Sinai, enjoy in particular, and in the encompassing area in general. It also refers to the possibility that this area may be the source for the olive trees of the entire world. The matter which the Muslim scientists are enjoined to prove its authenticity and soundness. So, Sheikh Zavlul Al-Najjar, what he's simply saying is, why does Allah mention Mount Sinai before mentioning olive oils? He goes, there seems to be a hint here that this is where olive trees originated. <laughs> so, he goes, therefore, that is the best place to get olives. I Mount Sinai is the origin of the olive oil. But he says, the scholars need to look into this. So note again, Allah Tala mentions Mount Sinai. He mentioned this in a few places. Waturi Sinin famously in Surah Teen. Allah Tala mentions it there. Also it says in this verse, Wasibh, which produces oil. rahmatul he explained, Wasibh means a condiment. Was-sibghin means a condiment. This is recorded by Imam Sayyuti in al mantur ibn Kathir's tafsir So what does this mean? Allah is highlighting you don't need a lot of olive. Condiment is what you sprinkle on your salad. So he's actually encouraging you, subhanahu wa ta'ala, to have even a little bit of olive oil. So Allah Taala says, Tambutu which produces oil and a condiment for those who use it for food. Mm-hmm. So even if you sprinkle it upon the salad, Allah Talaz you're, you're acting upon what Allah Talaz is enjoining here, i.e., in this holy verse. Mm-hmm. Other things obviously are mentioned about the olive, which I mentioned briefly. So there's another passage, and it says, "In Surat nur." The Hadith mentions this is in Tirmidhi Ibn Maj Mishkat. Hakim states Sahih to the criteria of Bukhari and Muslim Zahabi agrees. And Shaykh Al Bani Rahmatullah stated Hassan in As Sahihah number 379. Sayyidina Abu Usayd Al Ansari, he relates that our beloved Messenger said, wa sallam, Drink olive oil and besmear yourselves with it because it comes, and then he recited, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Surah 20, uh, 24, verse 35: Min it comes from a blessed tree. So, here in this authentic report in Tirmidhi, the Prophet gave two commands. He goes, Drink it. So, it's the sunnah to drink oil. even if it's a little. You have a drink, you fulfill the command. And also, besmear yourselves with it. E, I put it upon your body. Then he explains Sallallahu Alaihi Allah says in the Quran, Min Mubarakah. It comes from a tree blessed. Mm. So the Prophet was indicating, it's not just for consumption, you can put it onto your skin. This is also have uh, a profound impact. So this is one report. And also it mentions. So this narration. Is in Abu Nu'im, Jam'ul Wasail, page 205. Abu Hurairah, he relates that our beloved messenger said, وسلم, Take olive oil and massage it. It helps cure in 70 ailments and also juzam, i.e., leprosy. So here the Prophet said it should be massaged, i.e., not just put on, but rubbed into your onto your skin. And then he mentioned, وسلم, "It helps cure seventy ailments, meaning many, many illnesses." And he mentioned one in particular: leprosy. Leprosy is probably the worst skin ailment you can think of. It also helps in that. So when people say, "I've got this," "I've got X," but that's nothing compared to leprosy, <laughs> right? So olive oil, i.e., the Prophet said, will help, but it needs to be massaged. So what does it mean, massage? The scholars say it means that you, you get rid of the oil. <laughs> So when you massage something you put it onto your skin but if you still feel the moisture you haven't massaged it in so you keep rubbing it until you actually feel that it's like salt it's actually entered the skin and also some other things the scholars point out when people get athlete's foot and it goes into the nail you know they get varnish and they have to get this medicine and then the nail falls out olive oil also gets rid of that so you massage it into the nail the olive oil and you keep doing it regularly every day, and believe it or not, it kills within the nail, it actually absorbs into the nail, it kills the fungus within the nail. <laughs> so again, this is all what the Prophet was highlighting. So again, we should just act upon what the Prophet said. Also the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi said In Tabalani and Ibn Asidi, Sayyidina Alqa ibn Amr He relates that our beloved messenger said, You have oil from the blessed tree of olive. Treat yourselves with it as it cures piles. You have oil from the blessed tree of the olive. Treat yourselves with it as it cures piles. So this is consuming the olive oil. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, Piles obviously is hemorrhoids, And it helps also get rid of this particular ailment. So note the profound impact of olive oil. And also, there's another report. The hadith is in Tabarani. Our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the miswak from the olive oil is truly excellent. For it is from a blessed tree. Its scent, it scents the mouth and cures scurvy. It is my miswak and the miswak of the prophets before me. <laughs> salatu wasalam, subhanallah. So the Prophet again and again was highlighting it's not just the fruit. <clears throat> the miswak, the branch of the olive tree, it is because it's blessed. It, it it takes away the, the bad odor from the mouth. It cures scurvy. Scurvy is vitamin C deficiency. It cures it. And he goes, it's my miswak and the miswak of the prophets before me. And the, is, you can easily tell when it's from the uh, olive tree because it's brown and the, <laughs> and the and the and the brush is whitish and it's very soft. So this is another thing which the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam I encouraged. And also, Allah Ta'ala SWEARS by it, they do By the fig and by the olive. So note again, the olive is mentioned, not only in the Quran, but also in the Sunnah. So again, uh, the other thing, of course, is to get the best quality olive oil. If you get unfiltered olive oil, this might cause a reaction. <laughs> unfiltered is the purest. But if you have it, Because I've taken it personally, and it triggers my blood pressure. (laughs) I was taking it, and then I thought, what's happening? Why am I getting these symptoms? And then I realized it's the unfiltered olive oil. So the filtered olive oil, doesn't, for some reason, doesn't cause that symptom. So I think with regards to the unfiltered, there's something about that that you need to be careful of. Whatever the case, get virgin olive oil, or extra virgin olive oil. Be careful of the unfiltered if you're consuming. This is just from experience. So Allah Ta'ala mentions here in verse 20 a tree springing out of Mount Sinai which produces oil and condiment for those who use it for food. Verse 21 And in cattle, you also have an instructive example. From within their bodies, we produce milk for you to drink. There are in them Besides numerous other benefits for you, and of their I meat you eat. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after mentioning the olive, is now turning to the cattle and he says, La He goes, You have uh, an instruction in them, milk and other benefits, and their meat. So, here there's a few things which I'll mention. So, the first thing to point out. is that there's a verse in Surah 16, verse 66. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, In cattle too, you have a worthy lesson. We give you to drink that which is in their bellies. مِن بَيْنِ فَرْثٍ Coming from a conjunction between the contents of the intestine and the blood. A milk, pure and pleasant for those who drink. So here, this is a very fascinating verse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions exactly where the milk is made. مِنْ what I mean From a conjunction between the contents of the intestine and the blood. So, first to insult your intelligence, everybody knows that the milk comes from the odors of the cow. Mm-hmm. These glands are nourished by food digestion brought to them through the bloodstream. Blood therefore collects and absorbs the nutrition from the food. In biological jargon, this is what they say. The initial process which sets the mechanism of making milk into process is the bringing together of the contents of the intestine and blood at the level of the intestinal wall itself. So what did they say? bringing together of the contents of the intestine and the blood at the level of the intestinal wall itself they just echoed the Quran from a conjunction between the contents of the intestine and the blood now why is this beyond man's knowledge this very precise concept is the result of using live x-rays on the physiology of the cattle mm-hmm. it was totally unknown at the time of the Prophet it was completely unknown mm-hmm. you can't just dissect a cow on, even then you can't see it, mm-hmm. it it's got to be alive you have to use x-rays mm-hmm. so Allah, Allah is mentioning something here about the milk because I'm telling you what it's made mm-hmm. it's from between the contents of the blood and the intestine now what's interesting Imam Ghazali says milk therefore comes from two impurities mm-hmm. from between two impurities the contents of the intestine and the blood. But what comes from between the two impurities? Pure. Yeah. And milk pure. Mm. So he says, Allah ta'ala is also teaching you about ikhlas. Mm. He goes, you have to be pure. He goes, you are surrounded by filth within. But produce what's pure. i.e., show ikhlas. So this is the first thing with regards to the milk which is mentioned here. The second thing. is the report. So, the hadith mentions, this is a hadith in tabarani in his Kabir and Shaykh al-Bani r.a. states Hasan in Sahih al jami number 2929 Abdullah ibn Mas'ud Allah You realize that our beloved Messenger said sallallahu Treat yourself with the milk of cows for I hope that Allah subhanahu wa Taala will put cure in it because they eat from all sorts of plants. So here the Prophet said, Treat yourself, meaning it's a medicine. And what do you do? You drink. Then he explains something which is very interesting, وسلم, because they eat from plants. In another report, in Nasai hakim and again authenticated by Shaykh Al Bani in Sahih Al number 1808, our beloved Messenger said, Use the milk of cows because they eat from all sorts of plants. So now here, I don't want to sidetrack here because it's not relevant to the verse. Because of these hadith, Muslim scholars started to study plants. And they became the world leading botanists. <laughs> so think about it, you know, we just hear the Hadith Masha, SubhanAllah, very good. Uh, so why don't go back? The scholars looked at this, it goes, plants. And then the greatest botanists, they were found in uh, Spain. But it's not relevant, but I want to mention that here. So, Lord milk. And the best milk is what's fresh. Mm. Pasteurized also, you get some blessings from it, but the fresh milk is what the Prophets referring to. In Abu Dawood, ibn Abdullah ibn Abbas, He relates to our beloved messenger said Allah. When one of you drinks milk, let him say O oh Allah, increase it for us. Allahumabariq. Since there is nothing except milk That serves as a food and drink at the same time So this is the only thing the Prophet asked for increase When he would drink milk He goes, it's a food and drink Increase it for this, oh my Lord And it's true Again, another scientific fact It's a complete food You can live off milk If you get milk, you can live off it The Prophet, how did the Prophet know that? In addition in Hakim Abu Nuaim ibn al-Sini, Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullah authenticates it in as sahihah number 1,943. Our beloved messenger amazingly said, وسلم, drink the milk of cows because it is a cure. Use their fat because it is a remedy. But beware of their meat because it is a cause of illness. <laughs> so in this authentic report, the Prophet said, milk is a shafaa. Fat is a remedy. The scholars point out ointments. <laughs> you know, animal fat, they use it, you know, you know, it makes sense. You know, it's a remedy. Beware of their meat. It is an illness. <laughs> Red meat is ill. The illness with a meaning is not haram. You can eat it, but just be careful. <laughs> the blessed scholars have pointed out, this refers to those who are excessive in their eating of beef. Amir al-Mu'mineen, Sayyidina Umar said, In Imam Malik's Muwatta, beware of red meat. It has an addiction, like the addiction of wine. Mm-hmm. And it's true, if a person is used to eating red meat, it's hard for him to get off it. He actually starts getting cold turkey. Mm-hmm. So Umar was saying, don't do it. So now, they mention a few things here. Mm-hmm. Sheikh Hamza Yusuf, Al-Maliki, Hafizahullah, he commented upon this hadith of Umar. And he said, Umar during his Khilafat prohibited people from eating meat two days in a row. So it was forbidden for you to have meat twice. So the maximum you could have it is three times a week. Maximum. If you had it more than twice, you were going against the command of Amir al He only allowed them to eat it every other day. So now, the Prophet then, Sheikh Hamza goes, The Prophet said, If there was a Prophet after me, it would have been Umar bin Madi Hassan. This statement of Umar is verging on prophecy. Because if you study the modern meat industry, you will find out that a lot of the famine in the world is a direct result of the overconsumption of meat in countries like the United States, Canada, and Europe. Why? Because the amount of grain needed to produce one pound of meat to sustain the cattle is much greater than the amount you need to produce grain itself. Therefore, it will cause famines. And beef in particular. Then he said, I recommend Rifkin's book, Beyond Beef. It is an extraordinary book. Traditionally, the Muslims were not cow eaters. They were sheep and lamb eaters when they did eat meat. So it's only specifically referring to cattle. So note again, it doesn't mean, be billah, that we don't, it's haram. It means that you need to be careful. And the Prophet himself highlighted that you need to be careful here with regards to this matter. And the other thing mentioned here, there's a report. So this hadith is recorded by Khatib al-Baghdadi, number 1797, Zad al-Ma'ad Hafiz ibn Kayyim al-Jawzi, al Jami al-Ahadith number 33166 by Imam Suyuti comes al-Umal number 38 37100 38180 A man came to uh, Ali radi and he complained about forgetfulness Ali radi Allah who said alika bil bialban al-baqar fa innahu yushajji'u al-qalb wa yadhhabu bil-nisyan You should drink the milk of cow for it makes the heart stronger. It removes forgetfulness. So look how interesting. A man had an ailment. He couldn't remember. He was forgetful. So Ali said, drink the milk of cows. It does two things. It strengthens the heart, meaning something really good, beneficial for the heart. And it removes forgetfulness. And also I know one brother. His father, is around 105, 110 now. And he, the brother, he's about 60. He goes, my dad is healthier than me. And his dad is rebuking his son. He goes, how come you eat all the time? So, So I asked him, I goes, why does your dad rebuke you? He goes, he doesn't eat. All he has, he has a bowl of camel's milk in the morning. And he has a bowl of milk at night. Because he's 110, because he's healthier than me. <laughs> he's upright, phys- physically strong. Because How old is he? He's a hundred plus. Because if you saw him, you think he's, Because I'm the father. <laughs> right? So now think about it. what did Ali say? It's very good for the heart <laughs> and the brain. Now what are the two most important parts of the human being? The heart and the brain. <laughs> it has a profound impact upon it. <laughs> right? So Lord, and also he's got no illness. Because he's never ill, because he doesn't fall ill. He hasn't got any, you know, cardiovascular problems, he's, he's sharp, he's sharper than a young man. And I remember the hadith, I told him the hadith and he smiled, he goes, subhanallah. He goes, Ali obviously knew, radiyaullah. So note again, if you have access, you should try to have milk. Unfortunately, we do have milk regular, you know, we have even if it's pasteurized, it's still milk, though it's not the best. Whatever the case, you know, having milk with that intention will benefit, inshaAllah. So not here Allah mentions all this. What does he say in verse 21? In cattle you have an instructive example. From within their bodies will produce milk for you to drink. There are in them numerous other benefits for you. And of their meat you eat. Now what's interesting? If you look at the verse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions. It doesn't stop there. Allah if you stop there that makes sense. But then he says. ta'kulun." So why does Allah say that? Why does he say, in it, in them, you have numerous benefits and you eat their meat. He's hinting to something about the meat. (laughs) Because isn't that part of the benefit? Allah mentions the benefits, but then he mentions the meat separate. Why? Because the Prophet was explaining, there's some harm in that. So Allah separated it from the benefit. Meaning you need to be careful here. (laughs) So note the Quran, the precise wording of the Quran. SubhanAllah. Verse 22. And on them as well as in ships you ride. Mm. And on them as well as on ships or in ships you ride. Mm. So note, after mentioning the water being lodged into the earth and warning that he could take it away, he mentions the blessings that accrue from that. He mentions the gardens, the dead ponds, the vines, the fruits. Then he mentions the olive oil which is nourished by the water. Then he mentions the cattle which is nourished by the water. And the things that are nourished by the water are blessed within themselves. And then he mentions the ships, of course, which are also used for, as blessings. So, on verse. side of us, Billahi oh, Minash <speaking in Hebrew> فأنشأنا لكم به جنات من نخيل وعناب لكم فيها فواكه كثيرة ومنها تعكلون وشجرة تخرج من تور سيناء تنبطو بالدحن والصبغ للآكلين وإن لكم في لعن عام نُسْقِيكُم مِمَّا فِي بُتُونِهَا وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَنَافِعُ كثيرة وَمِنْهَا تَأْكُلُونَ وَعَلَيْهَا وَعَلَى الْفُلْكِ تُحْمَلُونَ We pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa that he makes the Quran that it be of our hearts. And I pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa that He forgives me for any سبحان الله بحمد الله و الله و بحمد 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 الله الله و بحمد الله الله و بحمد الله